Here we are in the house of God. We spent 10 critical days meeting every morning, 5 a.m., praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, praying for you, praying for your families, praying for your communities, praying for your jobs. Every morning, we met here for one hour and we prayed. Every evening, we met here for one hour from seven to eight and we prayed. We prayed for the anointing and not everyone came. We know that everyone, not everyone could make it. Some could, but it was just a tall order for them, but we gathered. Sometimes our numbers went to 30. Sometimes it pressed up over 40, but we prayed. And I believe that the Lord did something. I believe that the Lord is doing something. And I believe that the Lord is about to do something special in our lives. When God's people come together and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, the Lord has promised indeed that he will forgive and that we will be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so I don't know about you, but I am mad excited to be in the house of God. I'm so excited for what God is doing and for what he is about to do, do for each and every one of us. Mr. Visitor, Sister Visitor, Brother Church Member, and Sister Church Member, God is good. And he has brought us into this place so that indeed that he can be worshipped. I know that it's tough out there. I know that it's hot out there. I know that the situation of your life may not be where you want it to be even right now. You wish that your bank account was looking a little better. You wish that the social situation, your, your social status would be a little different. It's kind of lonely. But whatever your situation may be, serve a God that loves us so much. He loves us so much. He wants so much from us. And God is good. His mercy truly endures forever. We serve a mighty God. And so I, you know, every Sabbath, every time I get up to preach, I have to brag about my God. I got to brag about his goodness. I got to brag about what he is doing for me and what he wants to do for you. And so as we come into this inner sanctum to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, I'm overjoyed. I'm asking you to pray with me as we open up this sermonic discourse. Father, uh, we thank you. people, Lord, we want to hear from you. Even as we are at this, a 
special service, Father. A service that symbolizes your power and your presence. A service that's symbolizing your cleansing and your filling, Lord. We come. We come, Father. Broken we are, but we want to thank you for the kind of God that you are. You have promised to fix us up, to plant our feet on higher ground. Bless us, Father. Anoint us and abide with us. Come and tabernacle with us and share unto us the words that you have for us. We pray in the mighty and in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Not all traditions are good, but yet not all traditions are bad. But we have to understand and learn the meaning of tradition. A church had an unusual ritual every worship service. Before the church sang the doxology, they would stand up and everyone would turn to the right and face a blank white wall and they would sing every worship service they did this finally a visitor to the church was confused and asked why do you do this after inquiring he realized that no one knew they just did it the only answer that uh, was that kept coming up that we've always done it that way. That's the way we do it here at Abundant Life. We just always done it that way. But this answer did not satisfy the visitor. Other people were asked the same question and they did not know. Finally, an elderly man who had been a member for a long time of the church remembered the reason. And he says, you see, a long time ago, we didn't have any hymnals. Uh, and so uh, we had to climb that wall and we had to write the hymns on that wall. And so every Sabbath day when the church uh, stood up, they would look to the right and they will sing the song. And soon after, the, the songs that they had faded, and uh, they got hymnals, uh, but they continued the tradition. Uh, the wall got all weary and, and all flaky, and they sanded it off and painted the wall white. But everyone, every service, they got up, and they turned right and looked to the wall, and they sang the song. And they did this over and over, over and over, and no one ever knew why. They never knew why they would do this until this visitor asked the question. It is important for us to know why. It is important for us to understand our traditions. Uh, too many times we just do things for just doing it safe. You know, we 
this is the this is the way we always did things here, so that must be the right way. And so we have to be very careful about these traditions. Communion can easily fall into a tradition. Uh, we could chew the bread, drink the wine in different proportions, depending on what church or what culture you're from. And we may not understand the true meaning of the day. God wants us to understand the true meaning of why we worship, why we gather, why we assemble. Uh, there are many that don't understand the true meaning of church. They think that church is just a social club. Uh, we come and socialize and exchange business cards and so forth and, hey, see you later. But we don't understand the true meaning that this is a time when the ecclesia, the church comes together and uh, everyone is edified as a result of this. It is important for us to understand the true meaning of why we worship, why we come to church, of why we pray to God. It is important for us. If we don't understand the true meaning of why we do these things, sometimes we could do this to our peril. Thank you. In the book of Kings, chapter 17, I'll just look at this scripture briefly. The book of Kings, chapter 17, there was a problem in, the, in this book. First uh, Kings, First Kings, chapter 17. First Kings, chapter 17. There's a problem in this very chapter. Uh, there was a famine in the land. There was no water. There was no food. Animals were dying, and, and people were dying of starvation, and uh, there was a famine in the land. And the Lord had promised the man of God that uh, bread and water shall be sure for you. Don't worry, you have prayed and it did not rain and the rain was, uh, the, the earth did not receive rain for the space of uh, three and a half years. But during this period, I will feed you. And so the Lord fed him with, with uh, the ravens came and gave him food. And, and fed the man of God. And then in the book of 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8, uh, it tells us that the Lord gave him a word. The Lord, as has, he always has a word for the people of God. And the Lord has a word for um, this prophet at this time. And he told this prophet, th this word, and he says in verse 9, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth unto Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. A widow woman to sustain thee. And sometimes God works in unique ways. Sometimes we have to turn away from the traditional way of doing things and just listen to God. You see, sometimes God works in radical ways, ways that we cannot measure. And so he is telling this prophet to go and see a widow, 
a widow usually in those days are very, they are the, the lowest escalon of society. They are poor. They don't have much. And, and so this widow was there with her son in verse 10. And he arose and he went unto Zarephath. And, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. I want you to understand that they were in a famine. Their water was one of the main commodities there. And so the water was scarce, but the man of God was asking this widow for water. And, and so this widow, um, she turned around and she was going to fetch it. She just listened just like that. I don't know if she saw something in this man, but she was adhering to his command to his wish, to his desire to give him water. And he, as she was turning around to fetch it, he called to her and says, and add to that, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. This widow was being tested. At times, God will test your faith. At times, you will have nothing in the bank, and the Lord will test your faith. At times, the Lord will knock on your door and he will send strange people, strange prophets to test you, to see if you are for God or not. And this woman was being tested. And so she said in verse 12, as the Lord God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a little barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. She knew that she had nothing. She knew that she had exhausted all that she had and she was bringing what was left, bringing it together and she was going to make it and she was going to give it to her, her son and herself and they were going to prepare for their funerals because they, she, logically she knew that they could not sustain themselves. And so we see this woman now, a very realistic woman, calculating all that she had. She had seemingly a relationship with God because she was saying, I am telling you the truth by God. This is my situation. And in verse 13, Elijah said unto her, fear not. Don't be afraid. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. Take your meal, take the oil, and make a little cake first and bring it unto me that I may eat it. Bring it to me that I may eat it. Give it unto the prophet first that I may eat it. And this woman was being tested. She was being tested. And let's see what she did. And the, the prophet says, after you make mine, uh, you will be able to have yours. 
yours and your son, you could eat what's left over. Verse 14, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as he commanded, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the land. The Lord is going to sustain you. Sustain you. You may have nothing now. You may have zero in your barrel. You may have zero in your bank account. You may have no oil in your house. But don't worry. Uh, during this, uh, this, 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 land, this time of famine, don't worry. It, it will not fail. The Lord will sustain you. Whatever is in the bank account, don't worry. I'm going to work it out. It's going to be all right. And so this woman was given this prophecy from the Lord. And in verse 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she, uh, and, she and he and her house did eat many days. Many days. And the barrel of meal waste not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken by Elijah the prophet. I want you to understand, we serve a God that does not ascribe to human logic. We serve a God that he does things in unique ways. And to us, we will say that it is crazy. It is illogical. But when God commands, when God sets things up, and when he sets a course, God, he has it all under control. And so everyone, as we even come, even now to the communion table, some of us, we are coming. We're coming with nothing. We're coming empty. We're coming. Nothing to give. And the best sacrifice that we could give the best sacrifice that we could give of all is to give to ourselves. And when we come to communion, communion was derived from the Passover. And I want you to understand that this, the communion, it's a time of fellowship. But there were certain things that you had to do during the Passover, and it was also transferred over to the communion service. The first thing that God required for each and every one was to be obedient to his will. You may not understand it, but God demands obedience. And back then, they had to bring a sacrifice. They had to kill that animal. They had to put the blood on the doorpost. And they had to consume that sacrifice that night. And they had to consume it all. And whatever was left over had to be burnt up and consumed. Everything had to be given to God. They had to come in a spirit of confession in order for them to receive the blessing. This woman that we see in 1 Kings chapter 17, she sacrificed all. She knew what it was to serve God. She knew what it was to listen to God. And this woman, she could have done anything. She could have fought the prophet and said, I'm not bringing you any water. I'm not bringing you any oil. I'm not bringing you any meal. But this woman, she decided to give it all up for God. As we come, 
into the service today. You may not have a reason to praise. And let's, be, let's tell the truth. Some of us are so burdened down that we just, we don't, we don't know what to do. We don't know when we're going to get our next meal. Uh, we are so worried about Monday morning because Monday morning represents a time when creditors will come knocking at our door. And we are fearful. We're worried. Yeah, we may be looking all nice now. We have on our Sabbath best. But we're worried. We're fearful. But God is telling us, as we commune with him, as we sacrifice as we come and as we lay all on the altar of sacrifice and as we commune one with another, everything will be made clear. We have been praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our families and I believe the Lord has shifted our families in the right direction over these last 10 days because God's people prayed. I believe that the Lord has done something so special in our lives because his name was lifted up. When we make God first, when we make him last, and when we make him best in our lives, I tell you the truth that everything makes sense, even if you don't have a job, even if you don't have food. Even if you don't have anything in your bank account, once we make God first and we have this determination, this stubborn determination to allow God to take the lead in our lives, that's it. And so as we come to the table, the communion table, there are many that, are, that is challenged right now uh, because you're not taking communion because you know, you have ought against this brother or this sister. Uh, you cannot take this because you don't want to eat in an unworthy manner or drink of the cup in an unworthy manner. We, we, we have all these issues and some are not taking it. And some are we are taking it in vain without even confessing. It's important for us to know this table symbolizes more of God and less of us. It symbolizes laying down the world and picking up God, accepting the gift of God. It, symbolize, it symbolizes, Lord, I want a new experience in you. I don't want to just walk the traditional walk. I want a brand new experience. I want fresh bread every day. And it comes from a relationship with God. The more we get to know of God is the more we get to know of ourselves. And so we may come broken, broken and, and all chewed up by the world. But I want to thank God for Jesus Christ. Were it not for Jesus Christ, where would you be right now? Were it not for Jesus Christ, where would I be right now? Uh, I probably will be down and cracking some ghetto area of New York City, but I want to thank God for Jesus Christ. He has delivered us. He has placed us on higher ground. We have messed up our lives, but I want to thank God for Jesus. He specializes in taking messed up, broken, cracked heads and putting them 
on the right path. And I want to thank God. And so as we prepare ourselves to eat from the communion table, this table represents the body of Jesus Christ. It, it represents the blood of Jesus Christ. It represents the sacrifice that Jesus gave, the sacrifice on Calvary's cross. As he sacrificed himself, he sacrificed himself to give us an opportunity to live a wholesome spiritual life forever and ever. And as we drink this wine, it represents that connection that God desired to have with us. And that's the power of the gospel. I want you to know that's the good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ, he came, he lived among us. He was among us and he showed the example. He mingled with men. He mingled with women, and he showed them the way, the right way. And in the whole mingling process, we were able to see divinity at work in humanity. That's the gospel, everyone. And so he left us this example. And as Jesus lived, he died. And then after, he resurrected. And then he ascended into heaven. And he's interceding for each and every one of us that we will have life and have life more abundantly. Simply, that's what it's all about. And so as we come to the Lord today, as we come into the experience here, as we come to share in this communion service, it is important for us to understand it is not about you. All that we need to do is to confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is. That's all we need to do. Jesus will take over if we allow him to. And so as we open up for this service, this communion service, it is important for us to recognize and to realize what God has in store for us. And so, today, we'd like to invite the congregation to stand with me. As we prepare ourselves to take this communion service, we want to know that the only reason why we can stand today, the only reason is because we serve a risen Lord. He lives today. He is living today and it's because he lives that is why we can stand. And it is my prayer that we will not take his life, his death, his resurrection, and his intercession for granted, but that we will allow the Holy Spirit to lead out in our lives. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so at this time, we would like to um, ask the words of the screen. Um, he lives. The words on the screen, he lives. 
we will sing this song as we make our transition into the uh, communion service.
the Lord Jesus in the same night, in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke in it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, now as we come to take partake of his body, we ask you, Father, if you will bless the bread that represents his body that he shed out on Calvary. And Father, that it would be nursery and strengthened to our body, soul, and mind. This is our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, greeting uh, visitors and church members. Um, I um, experienced a, a blessing. I think um, one of the one of the days we were uh, sing, we were sing well we were praying, and um, I was singing a song to myself that I didn't know the words to it. I had never sung this song before, and I don't know the words to the song today. And I tried to remember because I was going to write it down, and um, that was just one experience that I had never experienced. You know, Sister White says we need an experience much broader and much deeper than our minds have, have even thought about. And that bothered me because um, I was thinking about that. And so I knew that I needed a closer relationship with Christ than the one that I had. And this 10 days of Pentecost allowed something to happen to me in my life and my relationship with Christ. And I, I was thinking that we need to do this once a year. And, and I heard people talking about we need to do it uh, once a quarter, twice a year. Uh, but we need to continue it anyway. I was, I, you know, and, and, and everybody I talked to had a blessing. You can see a different uh, glow on, on their faces. Yes, I can um, stay quiet. Um, for many years, I was asking the Lord to give me the opportunity to have a year off. Many, many years. And, you know, I was always asking. I was tired. As a single mother of four, working all the time, it was very hard for me. And the time came 
and I was able to leave Vegas and move to Miami with my family. But in the process of that, you know, I wasn't doing it with the intention to be a year off. Then my sister, in the process of me being there, my sister got diagnosed with breast cancer. And not only that, the Lord gave me the one year that I requested off, but he used me. And I thank the Lord because he's been good to me. He's been good to my family. And he put me at the place and the time that I was needed. And I am very thankful for that. Happy Sabbath, church. I feel so wonderful today. It's been over 12 years, to be exactly 12 and a half years. My son at the time was a year and a half, 18 months. My wife took it to the doctor, and he was diagnosed with asthma. In those hours, I would say after that, they were crucial, critical. And the next day that I went to work, my son started with a snore. A snore that was, I was not there when it started with my wife describing the snore. And she called me at work. She said, honey, you need to come. And I run. Every time I remember that miracle, it trembled my body. Anyway, uh, I shared this testimony with my brother and sister in the morning, last Sabbath. Anyway, I got home. And my son was dying. I called the doctor. The doctor said, you know what? Your son is dying. And it's, it's crazy to hear those words. And, and my wife told me, you need to call the 911. And my son, I don't know if you ever hear a, a lion snoring. Mm. That was the type of snore. Mm. It was really badly. You can hear that snore room through another room in my house. And so when I got to his little bed, I know, I knew my son was dying. And I, and I told my wife, you know, I'm not going to call 911. That's simple than that. I'm not going to call. My wife started crying. The only we can do, I told my wife, we got to go into, to our knees and pray. Because we serve a, a, a living God. And so I will tell you, I pray about 10 minutes while my son was laid on the bed. During that prayer, brother and sister, I experienced people in my room. People was walking by all over the room. And there were just three people in that room. My wife, my son, and, my, and myself. There were people walking. I hear the steps all over. And I, I, I did want to open my eyes and say, wait a minute, I won't do it. And I continue pray. And I continue pray until I was crying in the spirit. After those 10 long minutes, I opened my eye. And the only I can tell you, my son was sitting and laughing and smiling. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because I told God during that prayer, Amen. this is my son, better Amen. belong to you. Amen. You give it to me. You know, the prayer I did, it was this way. I told God, God, you're giving my child. 
as the same way you give it to me, take care. But if he says, no, I want the child to be healthy when I open my eyes. And that's exactly what happened. It's been 12 years, and I can't stop worship God in a special testimony. Thank you,
Is everyone being served? Let us eat this in a prayerful manner. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you in Jesus' name, the only name by which we might be saved. And Lord, we just pray for the wine this morning, oh Lord, knowing that it was because of his blood, Lord, that we have a right to eternal life. And Lord, as he prayed many years ago, Lord, it was his prayer that we be perfect in one. And so, Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say thank you to the pastor for uh, deciding to pray for children during our 10 days. I, my children live in Your Canada. My children live in Canada, and I haven't been heard it, hearing from them for, for about three months, and now they're calling me since I've been, we've been praying. So thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. May the grace and the peace of the Lord be upon you, Abundant Life. It's been eight years since I was here, but my God did ask me to go back to Florida where I was to continue his mission. I bring you greeting from Baraka to the Seventh-day Adventist Church at Orlando. I did miss you all these years. I want you to know all these eight years you didn't see me, I am Sister Anna, for the one who don't remember, the missionary from Haiti. You did help me to go in 2004 to Haiti. I want you to know I went with your love. 
I am going to continue with your love because the first love offering I received in my 16 years of mission was from Abundant Life. I can tell you, you are a people of God. Among the people of God, you are the child of God. And I love you. I will always love you. May God bless you. Anyone else? Right here. Happy Sabbath. Um, at first, I wasn't going to get up because I was, I was sort of battling and saying, wanted to make sure it wasn't of me. And um, I just want to thank the Lord that. Many of you know I've just retired after 29 years on my job. And the thing that stick out with me the most is that I know that on paper and testing and all that, I should not have had the job. But the Lord saw fit for me to be there. And he used me and when I didn't even know I was being used half the time. And it showed when I had my retirement parties to where there were people that I didn't know was watching me and saw the Lord in me. And for one, when the general manager of the water district thought of me as being a model for the district, it really, it just took me for a loop. And I'm, I'm saying that because we never know who's watching us. And the Lord has put us all in a place to where sometimes we don't think we should be there. I mean, many times I complained about the job because of customer service. For those of you who know what customer service is about, it's very trying. But it's, you can learn from it. And I, I learned that the Lord has showed me patience, self-control, tolerance. You know, he changed my character through that job, knowing from when I came out of the world, the, way, the, per, the type of person I was, I was. And when he gave me that job just a few days later, I was baptized into this church. Amen. And I just want to say the Lord, he made it possible for me to be able to retire at what some would say a young age. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say I'm 57 years old. <laughs> and I thank the Lord for that because he just, he just worked, and it was, I could only give him the glory that I was able to be there that long and come out in good health that I know of, <laughs> you know, and to be able to give him praises. And most of all, it's just to leave behind on my job a reflection of Christ. Amen. And I just I want to say that because so many of you are out there, some may be looking for jobs and don't think that they qualify or that they want to give up. I would have to say that when I gave my life to the Lord and I told the Lord, I'm leaving this other job because of the Sabbath, because of you, he opened up the doors for me. Amen. I mean, so many ways he opened up the doors. And I don't want to prolong it by telling it all, but he opened the door that I would have never thought would have been open. He put people in the path that opened the, helped open the doors for me. And I just have to give him the, the glory and the honor that I was able to be there 29 years and, and then leaving on a good note and 
for those that have heard the people at the retirement party that people really saw God. And when I went back to visit Friday, I mean Thursday, still, you know, they were still seeing the Lord. And I just, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm not doing this to praise it myself, but just to let you know, and just to be mindful, you never know who's watching you. And God really wants to use all of us. So we have to be mindful of who we serve and continue to serve. And no matter how many times we make mistakes, get up and keep trying over and over again. Because he's always with us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I just want you to know I'm here until Tuesday. I'm willing, whoever that is not working during the day, my mission was to go to the, uh, the homeless, if there's homeless ministry here, go to the hospital and the nursing home. If there's anybody at home that is sick that need prayer, I'm here. I am across uh, uh, the church at the community service. If you need prayer, I'm here for that. And I'm leaving on Tuesday. I'm also soliciting your help because this mission is a mission for life. Amen. Amen.